On today's episode, we look ahead to Game 6 of the World Series. Can the Dodgers close it out, or can the Rays tie it up and force a Game 7? The Big Ten is back, so we talk about that for a little bit. Rutgers won their first game. Big win for them. And we review Week 7 of the NFL. Crazy heartbreaker for my Seahawks, but all up next. This man was a bona fide scrub. Welcome back, Bonafide Scrubs Podcast. I'm Will Swanky, joined by Noah Levine. And Noah, we could be staring down the end of the 2020 baseball season, believe it or not. Game six of the World Series. Tonight, the Dodgers up 3-2. They have a chance to close it out. We saw in game four, we didn't get to necessarily talk about it, the crazy ending where the Rays, they walked it off in the bottom of the ninth. They scored two runs. Many people thought, the Dodgers were going to win that game. And if they did, you know, the series could have been over by now. But the Rays live another day. They're going to have to go up against Tony Gonsolin. He is the Dodgers pitcher in game six. And they're throwing out Blake Snell. So it could be uh, a good chance for them to even up the series and get a game seven. But for right now, the Dodgers, for the third time in four years, they have a chance to win the World Series. And they couldn't get it done the last two times. And now uh, they're facing the Rays and they could get it done tonight. This is definitely setting up for a game seven, I think. Um, Gosselin was pretty bad earlier in the series. And he's facing Snell, who's one of the Rays' best pitchers. It's going to be Snell's going to have to give up less than three runs to win this game. I mean, it's funny. Literally every single game, the over is hit, except for last game. So every single game, just a lot of runs. Um, the Rays, we, we thought they had great pitching, but. Um, not so much against those Los Angeles Dodgers. Justin Turner, Max Muncy, they were all hitting home runs yesterday. So, yeah, I mean, I'm rooting for the Rays. I hope they go to Game 7 and win it, but it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if the Dodgers won. The Rays are a great story, though. Rosarana, he now he has the most hits in a single postseason ever, and he's a rookie. He was an afterthought. The Cardinals traded him for Tommy Pham, or the Rays traded Tommy Pham for him, so... Uh, is this legit? Is this kid actually going to be a, an amazing regular season player next year? Yeah, win or lose for the Rays, a Rosarena definitely. You're going to have to get used to saying his name correctly because <laughs> a definitely, uh, definitely he is the bright spot for the season regardless if they can't get it done. I mean, yeah, the Dodgers, they're a great team, one through nine. Their offense definitely coming to play in this World Series, and they don't have that bad of a pitching staff either, so... They definitely are the better team. They should close it out and end up winning the series, whether they do it in Game 6 or Game 7. But yeah, Rosarena, you mentioned most hits in a single postseason. He also has the most home runs also. So breaking two you know, of the most significant offensive records for a postseason as a rookie, he's only 25 years old, definitely impressive. He, he might be one of the next faces of baseball. I mean, you don't, it's not often that you get a kid that can break two of these postseason records in the same postseason that, that, that is rare well he has seven postseason home runs are you sure that's the most i, I know a bunch of no, people he's have seven he has nine. Oh well espn most. has lied to me they did not update their statistics so yeah cbs cbs sports right here barry bonds nelson cruz carlos beltron all hit eight they were tied wow and now rose Rain has nine he has the most 25-year-old rookie, um, amazing pickup for the Rays. I mean, if they didn't pick this guy up in that trade, where would they be right now? He was, he's been clutch all postseason and coming through. Snell's got to pitch well. I mean, I, I hope we get a Game 7. That'd be amazing. The Dodgers end up losing a Game 7 to the Astros in 2017. And, yeah, so that'd be, that'd be awesome, to Game 7. I want to see that. Game 7, two greatest words in sports. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We should be getting it. Like you said, Snell is the Rays' ace, and Gonsolin has not pitched well in his last couple of outings. So if all things go according to plan, the Rays, they should be able to advance. I mean, it's going to be all hands on deck for them in, a, in an elimination game. Both the teams definitely are not going to be shy with their bullpen, with their pitching. Uh, it's definitely going to be an emotional game. And that's something else I want to get into, something that I've definitely learned by watching these World Series games and both the conference championships is that baseball definitely is enhanced with fans. I think that the crowd definitely brings an energy to the game that you can't really replicate. And 
you could see it in the players. I mean, the way they celebrate home runs, the way they react after they get important outs. Wait, uh, hold you know, on. Those reactions, the energy that that they feed off of is definitely from the crowd, and I think it, it definitely enhances baseball uh, more than I expected it to. Oh, are you saying that fans don't enhance the basketball? Because the bubble was well, really boring towards the end. The order, the order that I would go would be basketball with fans. Number one is the most important. Yeah. Then I would, I would probably be tempted to tell you football second, but the way I've seen these players react and feed off the energy of a crowd in baseball has me willing to say that baseball with fans is the second most. It's the second most important crowd because even though in football I understand like third down, it's huge. The the crowd is cheering. Definitely being at a football game in person with the crowd is really, it enhances the experience, but whether the NFL has been able to do a great job with the artificial crowd or just, I don't know, something about it, NFL games with half crowds, it definitely, it doesn't really seem that different to me than just a regular crowded stadium. I mean, maybe in Seattle, you know, that crowd is especially loud. The, the Mercedes Benz in New Orleans, these are stadiums known for their, they're loud fans, but other than that, I mean, everything else seems pretty normal to me, even with the artificial crowd. Yeah, I would say ba- basketball is the best sport to watch in person uh, based on the fan experience and the, the fan impact of the crowd. I mean, we look at the NBA, I mean, I mean, a lot of those sort of players honestly aren't phased by the fans, but we look at college basketball and any basketball lower. Like college basketball, it's so hard to win on their own college basketball sometimes. Like look at Duke and the Cameroon indoor, like they're, they're Duke crazies. They go crazy, all those students. And it's very hard to not get phased by them and all the stuff happening in there. Just very tough for road teams to win, especially in college basketball. But in the NBA, it doesn't really matter that much. But you saw the, we saw the last couple of finals of Toronto. I mean, that's one of the best venues in the NBA. And their crowd definitely had an impact on the Warriors in some of those games. I mean, the home crowd, it means a lot in the NBA finals. In baseball, you're right. It's meant a lot. I mean, it's been really fun watching these games games um the 60 game season uh they got through it and no issues in the playoffs no covid problems and they're gonna finish the season strong so that's good and we'll have a normal season next year which the nba is struggling to figure out what next season is gonna be like we really don't know yeah let's get into the nba for a second we have uh you know a couple tidbits of news stan van gundy hired by the new orleans pelicans to be their next head coach he was a, a color commentator on TNT in the bubble. I think he did a pretty good job. I enjoyed listening to his broadcast, but that will be no more. He will now be the head coach of the Pelicans. Uh, we haven't seen Stan coach in a long time. He was, if I remember correctly, the Magic coach. That was the last team that, that he was the head coach of. So he gets a shot to work with a Pelicans team that is definitely, they have a young roster. They're, they were on the edge of the playoffs this year, and they're looking to definitely make it by next year, they have the number one pick, Zion Williamson. He's looking to play more games in the upcoming <laughs> season. So it's a strong job. I mean, I, I think most coaches who are out there looking for one would want to be the Pelicans coach. I mean, uh, Mark D'Antoni, Mike D'Antoni. That's what I was thinking. Mark. Mike who's Mark then? Who's Mark? <laughs> was Mark my, ah, I keep saying Mark. Mike D'Antoni walked away from the Rockets job. I'm sure he was looking at a team like the Pelicans. for. He might for, retire, um, though. Yeah, I mean, now that he didn't get it, he could retire. But yeah, Stan, he comes out of coaching retirement and he gets a shot to, to do something with, with a young team that is looking to take the next step. I'm surprised that the Pelicans didn't look at his brother, actually. Jeff Van Gundy has been looking for a job for a while. He's probably the best color commentator for the NBA. I mean, Breen's the best main guy, but Van Gundy knows the game so well. He points out so many things during the broadcast that are really interesting about what teams are doing points out a lot of great things on offense and defense what teams are doing and stuff but I mean yeah Van Gundy Stan Van Gundy I thought he's a pretty good coach for the Knicks sick I'm actually glad we hired Thibodeau over Van Stan Van Gundy I think Thibodeau um he's been in the game a little longer I mean Stan hasn't coached in what like four years for the Pistons Thibodeau coached what two years ago the Timberwolves so he's been out of the league a little longer Thibodeau I, he's had a lot of success just like Stan did in Orlando but yeah, I'm glad the Knicks got that hire done. Definitely glad they got Tibbs. Hopefully the Pelicans play some defense well because they didn't play a lick of defense under Alvin Gentry. I feel like that guy did nothing for them. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, what, he's like the Clippers assistant now, right? So, I, I, I think so. Yeah, he'll Tyron be working Luce, for Ty Lu next year. Lou is the Sixers coach, yeah, right? 
No, he's or no, the that's Clippers Doc. Coach. Oh yeah, that's the Cl- oh, yeah. My bad, Clippers coach. I, I just remember Lou. I thought the Sixers got Lou for some reason, but yeah, um, Lou knows how to handle superstars clearly, so that's why they liked him there. He handled LeBron Kyrie drama. Maybe he can handle the Kawhi and PG drama of the pandemic. P. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, we all know LeBron was handling that while while Lou oh, sort yeah. of just stood there. So LeBron was yeah, just drinking wine. I said that uh, Stan coached the Magic. He did coach the Pistons for four years after that. And the Heat. He was actually the Heat coach before Rally came back and and, and took. And they they Stan got fired after the 05 season, and then. Pat Riley just jumped in, won the championship a year later. He said, I need to get back to this <laughs> and won. So, but Stan yeah. found his way in Orlando. I mean, he, so he went to the finals with the Magic. He took them with Dwight. They were always a good team. He was good. And they had, then he had a dysfunctional Pistons roster. I mean, he made the mess of it. I mean, he made the playoffs a few times with Blake Griffin. But now they have Dwayne Casey. Yeah, I mean, he, he was a fine color commentator on TNT. What did you think of him? I thought he was great. I mean, I enjoyed watching him. In the bubble, he I, I thought he analyzed the game well. You can kind of tell that he was not being too mean to anybody. He wants that yeah, coaching he wants job. A job. He doesn't want to step on any toes. But, yeah, so I'll, I'll miss him there. I don't think he'll, he would have gotten much work in a regular season just because you'd have all the normal guys back. I mean, Marv didn't even call games in the bubble. So his crew... Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. So. Oh, yeah, I forgot about yeah, that. Why to, didn't he they go? Had to bring they had to bring guys that were willing to be there. I mean, he didn't want to be in a bubble for for months. Uh, I guess his age or whatever the case may be with him. So he'll be back. And Stan also made a Twitter uh, since the start of the NBA bubble. Uh, he's on Twitter now. So yeah, and the NBA season. Adam Silver announced that he he's targeting a time around Christmas for the next NBA season to start. Whether that's December twentieth, exactly December twenty fifth, you could start the season on Christmas which would be a hilarious gift for them to to give us. But I don't know. I just I think that feels too early. I mean, you look at teams like the Lakers and the Heat. They were just playing games in the bubble. They were there for four months. Now you're going to have to start training camp three or four weeks before the start date. And these teams are going to have to get right back to work for uh, a 75, 72-game season. I just feel like that might be a little unfair to teams that were playing in the playoffs for all that time and now they just have this quick turnaround that they're not used to yeah um the quality of play might be bad actually the first couple weeks if they come back on christmas i i heard the most realistic time could be either mid-january i mean martin luther king day would also be a great holiday to start the nba season there's always games on mlk day i remember the knicks had some fun games on mlk day recently yeah i mean talking about the knicks on the other hand They've been off for since whatever March, right? So they haven't played an actual game for for months and months. So those teams that didn't get to compete for a bubble spot or didn't even make the playoffs, you know, those teams have been off for a more than usual amount of time. So they'd definitely be ready to turn it around. So I guess if anything, this early start date could benefit the teams that are the worst because they Maybe just the weren't next grinding go- it out in the postseason, but. In terms of yeah. championship quality play, like the Lakers, they're definitely going to be run down. I mean, LeBron is going to be 36 years old. I, I know he's an Iron Man. He, he works on his body. He definitely did not look like a step slow even being in the bubble for that long. But a quick turnaround like this is not something that he's used to in his 17, 18-year NBA career. And it's going to be a new experience for all the NBA players if – they actually do decide to go with this early date. I mean, they could push it back to January or February. I think that's probably smarter and probably more likely. But the the Christmas Day revenue and, and that sort of time for basketball is important. And I think they want that. I think that's part of the reason why they're gunning for an early start date. And they also want to get the season over with by the summer because they don't want the finals to be played in September again. That was awful for them and off of for their ratings. So they got to get the season going at some point. Yeah, and, and if they started in a little later, like January, there would be a 72-game season. I mean, that's perfectly fine. That was the amount of games we knew the NBA had, season had to get, which is why they brought back eight games, eight games before the playoffs. They had to get that TV revenue. And they definitely lost a lot of money. The cast of different free agencies coming up. We'll definitely have an episode talking more in-depth about free agency, but... 
we're, I really don't know where the salary cap's going to be. There's a lot of teams like the Hawks, the Knicks, they have a ton of cap, and we really don't know where that's going to go and if they're going to have all the exact cap they wanted to have coming into the season. But like, like look at the MLB. They lost $3 billion based on the pandemic. They only played 60 games. They could not play 100 games. Uh, teams were not following protocols. Manfred was not, was not negotiating very well in the early stages of that. But baseball, they, they got it done. Finished the season, lost money, but they're perfectly fine. They're fine for next year. They're going to have a full season with the NBA, maybe 10 less games, which is okay. Yeah, we'll definitely keep ourselves posted on every all, all the NBA news as we start to sort of get a clearer picture about when the next season will happen. And we'll definitely have more draft breakdown, more free agency breakdown, all that stuff coming up mainly in November. So in the next couple of weeks, we'll definitely get more into that. But uh, now we can move on to NFL Week 6 and everything to do with that will lead off with uh, just another heartbreaking, dramatic game. The Atlanta Falcons hosting wait, wait, whoa, the whoa, Lions. Whoa. You skipped what? over uh, a mini topic on our sheet. What, you want to talk about college football? I, I do because I actually watched a little bit of it on Saturday. Right, I had nothing know, to do on more, Saturday. This is we, your I lane mean, than mine. I, I, my college doesn't have a football team, so that's how much interest I have. Uh, my, mine, mine, mine does, but they are not even in the um, FBS or in the FCS, which is awful. And they don't have a season right now anyways. I wasn't planning on going to any of the games. Uh, yeah, I'd rather just sit in my room and do something else. But oh my. <laughs> um, yeah, the Big 10 returned. I mean, Trump was excited. Oh, I brought back the Big 10. And <laughs> well, guess what? It came back. It came back, everybody. And Rutgers... With Greg Schiano in the second stand as head coach, I actually watched this full game because it was on noon, and I was like, all right, I got a coffee. I'm going to have some lunch, and we're going to watch some college football with some people. So I did that. Rutgers forced seven turnovers in this game to Michigan State. Michigan State was 14-point favorites. They lost by 11. Rutgers had 38 points. The roster looked pretty good. They got a lot of transfers in the offseason. So, um, yeah, Dad, uh, shout-out shout out to him. He watched the Rutgers game also. He wanted a shout-out on the podcast. So good yeah, for my dad. He, he the went Rutgers to Rutgers. Won. That's that's why. Yeah, that's yeah why he went to relevant. Yeah, he. Uh, so, yeah, he went to Rutgers. He's an alumni, and Rutgers basketball is definitely going to be really good this year. But anyways, back to football. They played well. They play Indiana next week, and Indiana upset Penn State, number eight Penn State, in overtime. Do you see that touchdown by Indiana? Do you think that was a touchdown? That was controversial all day. I don't know. You shouldn't be asking me anything about college football. Right. <laughs> I'm going to have to hire a new co-host. But, yeah, Indiana, um, they won. Not known for a football school, but they upset them. And Michigan destroyed Minnesota at 25. I thought Minnesota was going to win that game. Michigan, they were 1-20 coming into that game against on the road against ranked teams and they, they blew them out. Maybe is this Michigan's year to compete with Ohio state? Probably not because Ohio state is just in fields, but Michigan could get to a good bowl game. That'd be good for Harbaugh and them. All right. You can take it away. Let's go back to the NFL. All right. Well, you won, so I had to get, my, I, I had to get that my in tremendous there. NFL intro. You interrupted Trem- it. So all right, you could go, you could restart it. Uh, uh, no, no, we'll just, we'll get right into it. The Falcons, they face the lions. Todd Gurley, he's on my fantasy team. He got me that second touchdown right at the end. Uh, so shout out to him. But his team did not want him to do that. He didn't want to do that. If you watch the video, he hilariously breaks a tackle and then dives sideways at the goal line, trying not to fall into the end zone. But the ball did break the plane. He did score, giving the Falcons a six-point lead. It was 16-22 to 22 with about a minute left. And you give Matthew Stafford, a guy who's known for his game-winning drives, I think him and Russell Wilson are near the top of the league for most game-winning drives since both entering the league. Uh, Stafford did not disappoint. He went all the way down the field, delivered a touchdown pass to TJ Hawkinson, and they kicked the extra point and walked off. And the, and the Falcons blew another fourth-quarter lead. So this one not as big, but a little bit more dramatic. I mean, Gurley, if he didn't score a touchdown, they could have kneeled the game clock down to about two or three seconds and kicked a field goal and won. So... Just not not a great execution again by the Falcons as we're used to. No, um, I can't. And, and how does it feel that you lost to the Falcons and gave them their first win by 17 points last week? Yeah, Vikings. They were on a bye, so could not disappoint me this week. No, they couldn't. But 
I had Hawkinson and started Marvin Jones and the Lions kicker, and I won. So I get to victory lap. I won without my first and second round pick. The Lions uh, did their job there. Hawkinson with the late touchdown. Yeah, I find ways get, to win. Uh, hey, you know what? Sometimes it's just not your year in fantasy. And this year, that is the case with me. I, I yeah, the, win. T- the, the tables have turned. Last, last year was not my uh, year of fantasy at all. So, yeah, tables have turned. Yeah, well, my one win has come against you. So, I guess I could take that's, that victory lap. That's true. All right, next game. Another, I mean, some. this has been one of the best weeks of the NFL season so far. All the games no, it really, it really we're starting was. off with. Every single game we're starting off with is a one-possession game, and they all went down great. to the, the fourth quarter. The the Browns and the Bengals, we saw Baker duel Burrow, and both of them, two former number one overall picks, uh, they look great. There's been uh, questions this year about Baker. I, I know I've raised them on this show. Are they successful because of him? And it has not been the case up to this point, but he had five TDs in this game, and they won 37-34 to 34 against Burrow and the Bengals. But they did not get out unscathed. Odell Beckham tore his ACL. So that is one of the league's best weapons gone for the year. So add him to the list of just another superstar caliber player going down for a long-term injury. It is not not something that the NFL wants, not something that we want. And, uh, you know, the list has gone large this year. It has. I mean, McCaffrey is going to come back in a few weeks. But Baker, he had threw the game-winning touchdown. But if you're a Bengals fan... You got to be really excited, even though he lost this game, that Joe Burrow is this great this early. Uh, he had 400-plus yards, three t- passing TDs, and one rushing touchdown. He had 36 rush yards. He had dual threat. He's dual threat capabilities. I mean, the Bengals are in almost every game well. I mean, they're probably the best one in five and one team ever. Like, I honestly, they might be better than the Vikings. I, I know the Vikings have a much better roster, but let's look at some of the Bengals games. So week one, I know we both picked the Chargers to beat them, and the Chargers did win by three. So the Bengals have lost by three. They lost by five week two. They tied week three against the Eagles. They beat the Jags week four. And, and they got blown up by the Ravens. Besides getting blown up by the Ravens, every game is one possession. They lost to the Colts by four after they were up 21 points. And they lost by three. They lose by one possession. They are... They just need a few more pieces. I mean, this offense, T. Higgins has been great every week for them. And A.J. Green is coming out of the shed, and he's been performing pretty well. Boyd Boyd had a huge game. He had 101 yards and a touchdown. But Yeah, he was my fantasy feature. Yeah, the, the Bengals, they got to draft some more defense because their defense isn't good at all. If they get Burrow a better defense and better offensive line, we could really see the Bengals make the playoffs very soon. Maybe as soon as next year, if they add some great pieces in the draft, because they'll have a high pick. They'll have a top five or top 10 pick again. So just got to build around Burrow. They definitely secured their quarterback of the future. So really encouraging for Bengals fans that they're losing fashionably. They're not losing by 30 points like the Jets. They're in the game until the last minute. I mean, they could have won this game. They drove down the field. They scored, but Baker scored with 10 seconds left because they're horrible defense. Got to be really encouraging to be a Bengals fan. Good for them. Yeah, AFC North, really competitive. I mean, you got the Bengals down there. They have their franchise QB. Uh, they're looking to to get better in the future. But other teams, the Browns, they're 5-2. and two. The Ravens are 5-1. and one. And then we're going to get into the next game with the Pittsburgh Steelers, the only undefeated team in the NFL at 6-0. and oh. They took on another undefeated team, the Titans, and they won this game by three. It was a competitive game. The Titans came all the way back in the second half. Uh, it was just a really entertaining game to watch on both ends, uh, but the Steelers ended up getting it done. The, we saw Deontay Johnson, James Conner, uh, all their offensive weapons definitely clicking. Claypool was kind of quiet in this game after he was getting all the buzz recently, but uh, it was the Deontay Johnson game. Uh, Big Ben has looked great since coming back uh, from, from his offseason shoulder injury, and I, I guess we got to tip our hats to Chris, our, our friend, and uh, he makes appearances on this show Sometimes he has his own podcast. He, he warned us that the Steelers were going to be a great team this year, and they are the lone undefeated team uh, as we go forward in the season at 6-0. and Speaking of our friend Chris, he actually just texted me, I've crapped four times today. What? I don't know why he texted me that, but he said, I've, he said I've wiped so much today. It's... All right, we didn't. <laughs> I, I don't know why. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to say about that. But butt, butt fumble, like homage. 
Well, Chris, although you're having trouble on the toilet right now, your Steelers are six and zero, and and your dad is excited. Also, he gets both of our dads get a shout out on this episode. Yeah, yeah. So, moving on from that disaster, the yeah, pretty big, there. pretty big disaster. They go on to face the Baltimore Ravens you're, next week. So you're really shook. Is... You're really shook after that comment. And after after what I said, I mean, you just you threw off the rhythm of the show. I, I wasn't <laughs> expecting that. I thought it was going to be a Steelers either. related text. I no, just, well, I don't know. oh well, he also he also did say, "Why do people keep hitting on the Steelers when they're six and zero?" And I said, "I there don't know." I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll get we'll talk about that. I mean, why are they? He's like, I'm like, who hates on the Steelers? I don't. And he's like, everyone on the Instagram comments hates on them. What? Why do you think that is? I mean, maybe because they're one. They're always good, and maybe people don't like them because they're good always. I don't know. Yeah, it is strange. I mean, the Steelers, they're not really known to be a hated team. I mean, if you okay, if you look at their schedule, they've beaten the Giants, the Broncos, the Texans, the Eagles. They blew out the Browns last week, which was uh, – that's an impressive win, winning by over 30 points. And then they beat an undefeated team this week. So they've beat up on the bad teams, but they've also had their fair share of really competitive matchups, and they've taken care of them. So – they get their first chance against their division rival, the Ravens, at 5-1. and one. Uh, This could be, I mean, there was hype going into this game, two undefeated teams as one of the best games of the year. The Ravens-Steelers could be one of the best games of the year next week. So Steelers fans, they're facing some competitive matchups in this part of the season, and they're getting it done so far. So they definitely don't deserve any hate. Uh, we'll see no. if Lamar can, can get things going against the Steelers next week. It should be high scoring. Yeah, I'm actually surprised neither of us picked um, this game for one of our locks. I thought the Steelers were going to win. I know they're they up 20 at one point, but they ended up winning. I'm surprised none, neither of us picked them. We like going to the Steelers, it looks, sometimes. But I actually went 2-0-1 on my locks, Well, and you went 1-2. and So I take the lead. I take the lead back. The Buccaneers, they covered. The Bills did not. Seahawks did not. They lost. But the Browns, they pushed. Chargers, Packers covered for me. So that was a good week. Based on yeah, that. that's a big swing. That's not a yeah, not good for me. I'm gonna have to climb out of that again, like I have been. All right, next game, another just I mean the one the one score games just they keep coming. The Saints and the Panthers, not a game you would probably think would be as close as it was, but the Panthers they're a good team. I mean they might not make the playoffs. They're sort of more in the middle of the pack. But with Teddy Bridgewater, I know you were hating on him to start the year. I have a soft spot in my heart for him just because of the Vikings relationship and you know, the devastating injury that he had, he's looked great since he came back from it. And he's definitely a good leader for this Panthers team. So they take the three point loss. Uh, DJ Moore had a great game. Uh, this time he got that one 75 yard bomb uh, from Teddy. He got behind the defense, but the saints, you know, they close it out. Kamara uh, drew Brees, not letting the young guy Bridgewater take him down. And they're doing this without Michael Thomas. So, uh, Thomas should be coming back. I know there's rumors that they wanted to trade him, but Sean Payton came out and said uh, that the insiders don't know what they're talking about. So I guess Michael Thomas will be back next week finally. Yeah, I mean, is Mr. Slant going to play again? I mean, he didn't he like fight a teammate in practice? That's why he also missed another game? I heard yeah, about they that. suspended him. Yeah, um, they didn't have Emmanuel Sanders in this game because of the COVID list. So they were thin, but they still got the job done. They won by three. I, I really don't know how good the Saints are, honestly. I, I can't get a good read on them. I, I got to see them when Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders are both back. Like, I think they're a Super Bowl contender. I know you picked them to go all the way, but um, are they better than the Bucs? I mean, the Bucs look great the last couple of weeks. Yeah, we can get into the Bucs in a second. They're going to have AB coming in. So will that benefit them? Will that hurt them? Uh, we're going to have to wait and see as we go forward with that. But yeah, the Saints, I mean, they just need their one of their best players back and we can evaluate them going forward. They beat a competitive team in Carolina this week. So as long as they're winning, I guess we can't really say anything. No, we can't. All right. A team that, that is, is never winning and never will win, the, the New York Jets. <laughs> I mean, they scored 10 points in this game. I mean, we can give they it up They were up to nothing at half. They were up at I mean, half. That's 10, more, that's 10 more points than they scored a week ago. But uh, just, I mean, it was an awful game by the Buffalo Bills. They only had 18. The kicker was missing left and right. He was awful. 
and they just they still got out by more than a touchdown win. I, I picked the Bills as a lock. They were minus 10.5. If the kicker didn't miss stupid field goals, they would have been a lock for me. But they went 18-10. to 10. They looked awful, but they're playing the Jets. I mean, when, when you look bad against the Jets, you can't look as bad as the Jets. No. Um, Cole Beasley had a great game, made over 100 yards. Diggs did not play well. The, Bill, the Bills were, without, with, were without John Brown this game. Yeah, just an ugly game in melee for the Bills. But, I mean, the Jets were up 10 nothing in half. I mean, Denzel Mims, in his NFL debut, four catches for 42 yards. They, they didn't get anything going in the second half. But Adam Gase gave up his offensive play calling ability to the uh, offensive coordinator, and, and their offense actually looked <laughs> functional in the first half. But it wasn't going to w- work the whole game since they're the Jets. They, they, they didn't score yeah. again after the first half for them. Yeah, going up against the Bills, I mean, we expected a blowout. It was just ugly back and forth. But, you know, the Bills, they do not get the embarrassment of giving the Jets their first win. They they escape. And, uh, you know, we'll see what, what happens going forward. They will match up with them again. So maybe they could be a little bit more competitive. All right, no need to dunk on the Jets as much today because we have another team we can dunk on, the Dallas Cowboys. They played the Washington football team on the road. And... They got absolutely destroyed, 25-3. to I mean, the Cowboys, they just keep going downhill. They lose Dak Prescott two weeks ago. They lose Andy Dalton this week. They're now down to their third string. We'll see if Dalton uh, you know, comes back going forward. But, yeah, they got absolutely smacked by the Cowboys. Uh, not by the Cowboys, by the football team. So the football team, Ron Rivera's last day of cancer treatment was yesterday. He gets a win. He did not miss a game. So congratulations to him, and they get a win. They get a huge win this time. Yeah, the football team's 2-5. and five. They can legit win the division. I can't believe I'm saying that, but <laughs> I'm, I hope, I'm glad so they won disgusting. this game. Gibson, had a, Gibson, first 100-yard game in his NFL career. The rookie out of Memphis, he had 128 yards. McLaurin had a nice game, 90 yards and a touchdown. But Dak Prescott, him getting in. Injured. I know he's your MVP pick, but I guess you really can't bet on yourself in football. The lesson learned. I mean, he should have really taken that $35 million contract, and he, and he didn't. And now Dak's hurt. Dalton's gone. Cowboys look to take Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence. Should they try to lose more games? Like, you can bring a cheap quarterback and spend in other positions like they have with Amari Cooper and Ezekiel Elliott. They need a better defense. Their defense is the worst in the NFL, probably. So would you do that, Will? Would you let Dak go into free agency and draft one of these quarterbacks or trade up and get one of these quarterbacks and then spend your money at other positions, like on the defensive side of the ball? Well, it's going to depend on what position they fall into. I mean, if they don't have a top two pick, you're probably not getting no. either one of those guys. Uh, and I don't think they'll yeah. trade anything for you know to move up in the draft. They just don't need really need to do that. But the one thing I will say that does benefit Dak is they look awful without him. I mean, they can't. Yeah. They can't win a game. Uh, they were definitely more competitive with Dalton than, than after he got hurt. But, I mean, yeah, the this team needs Dak to, to win games, it looks like. And Andy Dalton is a capable backup, but they haven't looked good with him. And now they could be going forward with, with a third-string QB unless they bring in a, a free agent. So it's going to look good for Dak. I mean, they need him to win games and he'll probably end up getting paid if he can make a, a decent recovery. Uh, I think a lot of people feel for Dak and, and they want him to get the money. So it seems like he will be, he will be back in, in Dallas going forward. Yeah, probably, but they cannot score three points in a game and expect to win the third string quarterback. Uh, I don't know. Status is up in the air with Dalton. I'm assuming he's going to be out next week. So Dallas is in trouble. They're in trouble. I think we can write them and the Giants off in the MC East, which is hilarious because between the football team and the Eagles and the football team beat the Eagles already once this season. Uh, so I hope the football teams makes the playoffs, bro. They have to. That'd be so much fun. Yeah, I think they have a bye next week. But the Eagles play the yeah, Cowboys on Sunday night um, football in Philadelphia. Tough game for the Cowboys going into Philly. All right, moving forward, the Green Bay Packers, they were looking to bounce back. They were in Tampa and got smacked around by Brady, and they got blown out by the Bucks last week. They 
come in facing a Texans team that's obviously struggling. Deshaun Watson, he looked good in this game. They attempted to make a comeback, but they just never could. Every time they, they scored and got back in the game, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers offense responded, and they put up 35 in this game. Rodgers with four TDs. Jamal Williams looked good with Aaron Jones out. Uh, and Devontae Adams, he, he is back with a bang. 13 catches, nearly 200 yards, two touchdowns. He is just an absolute machine. He definitely is uh, a top three wide receiver in the NFL. It's basically between Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, and him for all the best spots, or all the for, or for the top wide receiver spot. All the best say. spots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, the Packers, Packers, they continue to roll. Their offense looks great with Adams out there for sure. They got dominated by the Bucks, but good bounce back spot. They were one of my locks, and they easily covered the three and a half. Tampa Bay, they beat the Raiders 45-20. I, I, that's, I was surprised this game was a blowout. I thought the Raiders were actually going to stay with them for a little bit. Waller had a touchdown. He played well. But Brady, four touchdowns. Is Brady winning? Is Brady higher than Belichick in the power rankings? It looks like it's so far. Brady's five and two. And the Packer Patriots got destroyed, which we'll talk about a little bit. But Godwin, Gronk got a touchdown this game. And, and your boy, Scotty Miller. Well, not really your boy, but he no, my scores enemy. again. Your enemy, he scores again. Godwin scored. And Mike Evans, that dude does not get targeted when Godwin is in the lineup. And now AB is joining. I don't know what this offense is going to look like for fantasy. I hate all the receivers. Uh, I'm glad I don't have any of them. So that was a good move by you, actually getting rid of Godwin in our league. Yeah, I mean, the Bucks offense is just – it's really weird. I guess it's good if you have Brady. They have a lot of weapons. But, yeah, I'd stay away from all those players if I could. But, yeah, I mean, Tom Brady continuing to roll 45 points. This was my only lock that I got right. They won by 25 uh, against the Raiders. So – they continue to roll, and like you mentioned, with Belichick, that that was the storyline going into the season. Who will come out on top, separated from the other? And it looks like Brady has the advantage so far. And I guess we're getting to that point in the year where we can say who won the season. I mean, Brady, he looks like he's positioning himself to make the playoffs, and the Patriots just can't seem to get anything going on offense. And we'll we'll get into their game in a minute, but. Brady, whether he actually is better without Belichick or not, uh, only time will tell for that going forward, but he definitely outsmarted Bill Belichick. And, you know, I'll tell you what I mean by that. In New England, Bill Belichick had Jimmy Garoppolo one year, and he wanted Jimmy Garoppolo to be next in line to Tom Brady. He was hashtag next up, some would say. And... Brady didn't like that. He didn't like the fact that Belichick was basically breeding his successor underneath him. So he went over his head. He went to Robert Kraft and he said, get this guy out of here. I don't want him around anymore. So they listened to him. They, they sent Jimmy Garoppolo to the San Francisco 49ers. And obviously he's there now. And Tom Brady got to be the starter for another couple of years. And now Brady, he, he dips from the Pats. They, they don't have... The, the guy next up, they had to bring in an outsider and Cam Newton. And now he puts himself in, into an offense that has, like we said, a Godwin. Uh, now AB's coming in. Gronk is with him. Mike Evans, their run game looks to be good. He put himself in the best situation to win uh, when he escapes Bill Belichick. And now Belichick, he looks bad. His offense can't seem to get anything going. His team is banged up. A lot of players opted out for COVID. Uh, it's not looking good for them in their first year without Tom Brady. And Brady, he's been cooking over the past couple weeks, five touchdowns and four touchdowns over the past two games. So he has outsmarted Bill Belichick and the Pats. He looks great. And uh, they could be in line to win the division now. And even in the NFC East, it does not look like the Patriots are going to come out on top. They just look too bad, at least for right now. Yeah, let's talk about Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Um, let's just skip over that Chiefs-Broncos game. Uh, Chiefs won, blowout in the snow in Denver. That game's irrelevant. Chiefs won. We already we <laughs> the, know the Chiefs are going to beat the snow, Broncos. Though. Yeah, the snow, snow game of the year. Yeah, snow game, blizzard in Denver. But Patriots-Niners, I mean, Belichick's team got destroyed. Cam is the bona fide scrub of the week. Three picks, 98 passing yards. 
and he got benched. They did not score 33-6. to six. The Niners look back on track. Um, two straight wins against the Rams and Patriots. I picked the Patriots not make the playoffs, and that's looking like it's becoming true. They're 2-4. and four. This is the worst blowout loss in Belichick's uh, in this history with the Patriots. They're, they're, this roster just isn't good. All the opt-outs, and they just don't have a talented roster. They have not been drafting very well recently, and they just expected Cam Newton to just be better than Brady. I mean, he clearly isn't better than Brady. I know Brady, like Brady was better than Cam Newton with this team last year, I mean, although the Patriots roster, granted, was better. They had Hightower. They had Chung. They had some of their great defensive players playing. But, I mean, it's the same story as last year with the Patriots. Their offense is garbage. Their receivers can't get open. Edelman's he's he's good once in a while. They don't have a real tight end threat. The run game it's okay. The running backs are average. The offensive line was pretty good is pretty good, but this team just doesn't have much talent. And you can have the best coaching in the world, Bill Belichick and Bill Belichick, but you can't just win every game because of your coaching. I mean, there needs to be some good players producing on the field, and there hasn't been enough of that for the Patriots. It is poetic that this game was against the 49ers and Garoppolo was playing in yeah. this game. So, yeah. Yeah, there's that. I mean, look, Tom Brady has out-touchdowned the Patriots QBs 18-3. to so, <laughs> Oh, my God. I mean, that is... That is disgusting. Um, oh yeah, I it's awful. I don't know. I, mean, awful. I don't know why I agree with you that Cam would be comeback player of the year. I'd like to revoke that take. Uh, it's big. You ben. already did this a week ago. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm revoking <laughs> it again. It's Big Ben is much better than um, Cam Newton. I mean, it's funny. Look at all the running backs that are playing quarterback. Cam Newton, Lamar, like Lamar, 97 pass yards in the game against the Chiefs. Dude, their day is not supposed to be good. These running backs are terrible. They should stop playing quarterback. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're talking about both former MVPs of the league, so and neither that. of them have a neither of them have a Super Bowl. All right, well, the Pats they might be trash now officially for a little while at least. Uh, the Chargers, how about them? They get their first win with Justin Herbert, and he just looks amazing. I mean, he had 350 yards in this game, three touchdowns. He had 60 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. And they get the win in a high-scoring game against the Jags. So they finally, even though they played really great games, they could have beaten the Saints last week. They've been competitive every single time with him. They finally get over the hump and get his first win. And he might be looking just as good as Joe Burrow. I mean, uh, we yeah, know Burrow's playing for great. Real. He, Burrow probably is better this year and, and going forward. But Herbert, definitely the surprise of the year uh, coming in. Tyrod Taylor just has that bad luck of, of getting injured and getting replaced by high draft picks, but both times it has looked like uh, they they are both deserving of the start. I mean, Baker, all the way back in whatever, 2017, 2018, he, he looked like a, a much better quarterback than Tyrod, and, and now it's happening again. Justin Herbert looks even better than that uh, for this year. Yeah, Herbert's great. I mean, it's 66 rushing yards, a rushing TD. Chargers, um, they're also they're probably the best um two and five team. Them and the Bengals, they're they're in every single game, and the rookie quarterbacks performing very well. So that's good news. I, I like Tyrod in this position would not have three hundred yards and four TDs. Tyrod needs to get out of the league and go to the XFL. Oh my, you're just going to demote him to a league that doesn't even exist. <laughs> Oh, yeah, they don't have the funding anymore. But actually, wait, who would you rather have on your team right now, Will? Cam Noon or Tyrod Taylor? Oh, Cam Noon. I might have to go Tyrod, actually. No. I don't think Tyrod would throw three picks in that situation. He doesn't take enough shots downfield either. But he's not good. But, yeah, Cam's just a running back playing quarterback to me now. All right, well, we've saved this game for last. Uh, Another – it just capped off a week of – Incredible games, and I'll give you the floor here. Your Seahawks falling by three in dramatic fashion in overtime to the Arizona Cardinals, so I'll just let you go off on this. Do I have to have the floor? Yes. I do? Okay. Um, uh, Let's just say, well, the Seahawks, they looked great in the first half, bad in the second half in overtime, tail two halves. I mean... Seahawks had left so many points on the board. Wilson threw two red zone or one red zone interception. The other one was just like a horrible pass to Patrick Peterson in the end zone. It's, I mean, honestly, it's his fault. They, I mean, there was just mental mistakes by the Seahawks team. 
three picks by Wilson. That was his first three interception game since December 2017, which is almost three years from now, three years ago. So it's not a rare occurrence this ever happens. But uh, on the good note, he did tie Peyton Manning for the most touchdowns through six games in NFL history with 22. 22 touchdowns, six total interceptions. He's definitely still on pace to MVP, but I have a lot of questions about the Seahawks team. Their defense was bad. I mean, you could say what you want about the defense, but the offense also, I mean, the offense is going to be good always, but the, the second half, it really just didn't do that much. They had one touchdown. A lot of mental mistakes starting off with the penalty, 15-yard penalty. The, the Cardinals were – this was in the second half – they had a 50-yarder, um, but there was a 15-yard penalty, and it allowed Arizona to get a first down, and Kyler just shredded the defense and gave them a touchdown. So that's a four-point swing, and they, Zane Gonzalez missed a field goal in overtime. The Seahawks couldn't capitalize. Wilson threw a horrible interception to Isaiah Simmons, the rookie. Well, hold on. Before that, before that happened, DK was, was out of there. He scored a touchdown to walk it off. I know. Bef- yeah. I don't know. I don't know who, who it was, but you got the David holding Moore. call, and that just ruined the game. David Moore held. Um, this was, a, I mean, good for the NFL playing this on the Sunday night game. If the World Series was on during this, there would be nobody watching the World Series or any <laughs> other, or the NBA Finals. I mean, this game was crazy. The Seahawks always just, it's always down to the wire. Crazy overtime games against the Cardinals on Sunday night always, I feel like. Three banner interceptions by Wilson, but we should talk about DK Metcalf um, becoming an Olympic runner, Will, after that chase down play. That was like that was like a block by James moment. But block Yeah, I mean, that was the Metcalf. viral moment of the game. Metcalf, he sprinted 22 miles an hour after Wilson threw what sure in like 99% of games would have been a pick six. And uh it was it was like a, it was another Madden pick. I mean, it was he was going to the flat. Buda Baker played the hard flat, he jumped it, and every time you throw that pick in Madden. It goes 99 yards for a pick six, but DK Metcalf decided that he was just gonna, you know, casually run almost 25 miles an hour and tackle him inside the 10 yard line. And if the Seahawks were won this game, that would have been uh, undisputably the play of the game because they went for it on fourth down and did not score. So you ended up from 99% chance at a pick six to getting zero points, it's a huge swing, and they just could not win the game. It's disappointing that that play basically doesn't mean anything. Yeah, I, they, Arizona failed on fourth and goal. I don't know why they even went for it there, but they, they, DK was Defensive Player of the Year for a play. They should give him a million-dollar raise on his contract for that play. Although they lost the game, what? they should give him a little raise. What? They should give him money. He hustled. Nobody else would have did that. He ran from the other side of the end zone all the way. He just sprinted to tackle him. I, I, well, I, I do want to give credit where credit is due. The Cardinals, they did win the game. Kyler Murray. Yeah, he, they played great. He outplayed Russell Wilson. On, on, he on did. Sunday night he really did. Him. He threw a uh, bad so interception to too. But one, DeAndre Hopkins had a, another great game over 100 yards. And, I mean, let's talk about falling off a cliff. We're looking at Cam Newton, you know, some of these players that have played awful. Kenyon Drake, 14 carries for 34 yards in this game. He has been one of the worst running backs in the league to to start this this year, and he was hyped up. He was talking trash on Twitter. He was telling fantasy people that he was going to win them their leagues, and uh, he is getting outplayed right now by Chase Edmonds. Edmonds had 60 yards, uh, basically doubling Drake's rushing yards, and he had the second most catches for the second most yards on the team, seven for 87. Uh, behind Hopkins, so he is outplaying Drake uh, completely on all accounts this year, and uh, yeah, he, he contributed to a Cardinals win, and Drake did not, so he might be awful now. Yeah, Kenyon Drake is it's bad. He's bad at football. Lockett in this game at 200 yards, amazing catches. He's good at football compared to Kenyon Drake, <laughs> but it didn't matter. They still lost. The Cardinals, I mean... I think we were wrong on them. I mean, we thought this team was going to be in last place and win like six games, but they have five wins already. That's that's all they had last year with Cliff Kingsbury. And you didn't, I, I, you weren't high on the Arizona offense coming into the year with Kingsbury. I think he's a good coach. I mean, it, it's certain, obviously, I think DeAndre Hopkins is a big boost, but Kyler Murray's great. And maybe we were a little too 
maybe we weren't high on them enough. I mean, they have five wins. They have two division wins against the Niners and Seahawks, which most people picked to be maybe Super Bowl contenders. So Arizona's right there, neck and neck with the Seahawks. And they played they play great defense in the second half. I can't lie. Wilson threw some horrible picks. You can't win a game only scoring seven in the second half in overtime. But what are your thoughts on Arizona? Yeah, I was definitely wrong. Uh, I think their offense looks a lot better than I expected it to. I mean, their defense, it played well at the beginning of the year, but it's starting to slowly get back to where I expected it to be, which is is not very good. So they're going to have to work on that going forward uh, in the next couple of seasons. But, I mean, yeah, they could they could be competing for a playoff spot, and they're definitely better than a team I thought would win a division, which is my favorite team, the Minnesota Vikings. So I guess most teams are better than them. I was wrong about the Cardinals. Kyler, he he looks impressive, and he's definitely going to be a franchise quarterback for a long time. Yeah, they head into the bye at five and two. Rams play, played on Monday night. We're gonna uh, this is recording this before the Rams game, so I'm actually gonna say the Rams won. I think they're gonna win and be five and two against the Bears um, at home. So they definitely should win. The Bears have been running too hot, but all right. Well, that is the end of our week six breakdown and the end of. Week six breakdown. Week so I, seven. I said week six earlier. Uh, whatever. Week seven. Your Thank perfect you. intro is ruined. <sighs> yeah, we, you interrupted it anyway. And actually, next week, we will give our... After when week eight happens, uh, we will give our... Next Tuesday, we will give our midseason report cards for every team and players and things, things that are least surprising and most surprising about the season. We'll give a midseason, midseason grades on teams and players. So stay tuned for that next week. Yep, stay After tuned week for eight. that. Thank you for making it to the end of the episode. Uh, leave a rating and review if you enjoyed. Uh, you can also subscribe to the pod, follow us on Spotify, and follow us on social media at the Bonafide Scrubs on Instagram, at Bonafide Scrubs on Twitter. Uh, we appreciate your support on, on all of these platforms. And... Uh, you know, we'll see you at the end of this week. We're going to give our week eight predictions, everything we do on the Friday show. So stay tuned for that. And we'll see you next time. Peace.